Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace is on the air. I'm Cap along with Joel Brzezinski, and uh, we're glad that you found us once again for another week where we take uh, just under 15 minutes to uh, focus on the unconditional love of God and uh, talk about what the gospel really is instead of some of that religious stuff you may have heard over the years. How you doing, Joel? Hey, I'm doing good, and I'm happy to be free of religion. <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, God never created us for religion. I don't know if a lot of people uh, think about this or not, but when, when Adam and Eve were created, the last thing on his mind, I believe, was giving them some religion to follow or having them act religiously. That's why, I believe, that's why he gave them the Tree of Life, um, and he gave them the choice, of course, you know, to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but that wasn't the tree he wanted to eat from. It wasn't the religion tree that he wanted them to eat from. It was the tree of life, which, uh, of course, is Jesus Christ himself. And in Christ, we find that we're free from religion and free to have this relationship with God that's based upon love and grace and righteousness that's been given to us as a gift and not religion. So uh, I know you just you said that word uh, religion, and it set me off there, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, God and Adam, I mean, walking walking in the garden together, just enjoying each other, you know? I'm sure Adam looked forward to those walks. Wow, when they ended, how devastating that must have been. I mean, I've got a dog, Joel. I know you do, too. You still have a dog, right? Yeah, we still got Papa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think yours, I think yours is older than ours. That's why I asked. Yeah, but, he's pretty old. Okay. Well, our dog just loves to go for a walk, you know? And I'm not comparing Adam to a dog, not at all, because Adam had a, a, a communion with, with God. They had a relationship that was established, and... They enjoyed each other, so it wasn't, you know, like Adam was out there panting, waiting for a walk to go to like, God. But, here, Adam. But, here, Adam. <laughs> but, you know, I imagine he really enjoyed that that time, and, and God did too, no doubt. And so, yeah, it's not about religion. And so we're going to talk some more about that this week, because last week we started talking about the two covenants. The first, the old covenant, now obsolete and abolished, and uh, the second covenant, the new covenant, which is a better covenant and a permanent covenant. The first one was temporary. It wasn't going to last. We can maybe cover some of that, if not in this program, in another one, because there's there's so much to get to here, Joel. But I, I kind of left off with, and you put something in there at the end last week, too, which we'll, we'll touch on real quick. But I, I kind of left off with the fact that all those 600-plus commandments that were in that first covenant, it wasn't just the Ten Commandments. It was those and 603 other ones. And they, they all went together. You couldn't separate them. You couldn't pick and choose which ones. It was always remember to do all the commandments. Which one was it that I was looking for? Uh, okay, Deuteronomy 6. Uh, it says, uh, verse 24, uh, do all that God commanded, and it will be righteousness for us. But nobody could do it, Joel. Nobody could keep the list of all those burdensome rules. I mean, we can't even get through the, the top ten, and they weren't really the, the top ten. They were just the ten that we think of when we think of the Ten Commandments. The, the, think of the animal sacrifices and the Sabbath laws, and uh, there's just so many other ones, you know, just so many that you can't even begin to fathom how hard it would have been. It was a burden. 
And, of course, we pointed it out last week, this was never really the will of God. Um, it was just uh, it was given to show them that there was going to be a better way, uh, which we will move toward as we as we progress here. Yeah, the uh, the, pr- the problem with that old covenant uh, was that, uh, as Hebrews says, Hebrews 7, on the one hand, there is the annulling of the former commandment. It's talking about the old law, the old covenant, because of its weakness and unprofitableness. Why was it weak and unprofitable? Like you said, God gave this God gave these commandments to the people. He told them that if they do it, there will be life, there will be righteousness if they follow it. Uh, but the problem actually wasn't with God or with with his giving of this of the old covenant. The problem, and God knew this from the beginning, uh, but the problem was the people. <laughs> the people could not keep it. God knew that that would be that way. That's why, as you were talking about last week, Cap, you said the law and the old covenant was never God's will for man, and it, and, and it wasn't it, it, because He knew. God knew that it would be weak and unprofitable because, as Hebrews seven nineteen goes on to say, for the law made nothing perfect. Uh, on the other hand, through this new covenant, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. You talked about Adam uh, walking with God, and then uh, all of a sudden those walks ended. Well, in the old covenant, under the law, the law could make nothing perfect. And on the other hand, with this new covenant, there's the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. So when we were separated from God through the old way, through sin and through the law, the bringing of a better hope in the new covenant, we are able to now draw near to God. That is one of the beautiful things about this new covenant that God has done. While we were once separated from God, we've now been able to draw near to him, all because of the blood of Jesus. And, you know, I did say that, you know, God knew that this wasn't going to work. So why did he give it? Well, there are plenty of reasons that the Bible, Paul talks about a lot of these things. I'm sure we'll get into some of those things. Uh, one of the main things, one of the main reasons that the old covenant was given was to show man that they couldn't do it. It was to show man their guilt. It was to show man that in and of themselves they could do nothing, that they had to depend upon God in order to make this thing work again. So anyway, but that's just one of the many differences and one of the many things why, one of the many reasons why we need to uh, understand the difference between the old and the new and uh, get ourselves, again, established in the new. Yeah, you know, there's, there's something in this new covenant that they were not able to acquire under the old many things. One of those is something I think that's underrated that we, we maybe we don't talk enough about even in grace circles, and that's that's rest. R E S T. Hmm. The writer of Hebrews talks about this in chapter four that under the old covenant they were not able to enter into rest, but we who have believed under this new covenant, we do enter into rest in the first part of Hebrews chapter four. And uh, it, it goes on here that we entered through belief. We entered rest through belief in Jesus Christ. Here's something, Joel. Hebrews 4.4, 4, For he has spoken, God has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Scrolling down a few verses from there, we see that for he who has entered his rest, that's us, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. God ceased from all of his works on the seventh day, and uh, 
we have entered into his rest and have also ceased from his works as God did from him. So, I mean, one of those laws, Joel, obey the Sabbath, and then there's a whole bunch of laws underneath that. The headline is, obey the Sabbath. And wow, uh, if you were going to try to follow the list of rules just to try to keep that Sabbath, no way. It just can't be done. So, <laughs> so uh, Christ has become our Sabbath. We don't, Sunday isn't the Sabbath, Saturday isn't the Sabbath, there is no Sabbath, because it was a part of the law that has become obsolete. But we have entered into a a, uh, a rest under the new covenant where Christ is our Sabbath. We rest in him. Yeah, we rest in him. And uh, so many other things, like you said, the book of Hebrews, the, the book of Hebrews has this word better a whole bunch of times, uh, talking about the, the new covenant versus the old covenant. And he says there's the bringing of a better hope. Jesus has become surety of a better covenant. Uh, he is mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises and better sacrifices. So many things about this covenant that the book of Hebrews talks about. And uh, rest is one of those things uh, that's better. And if you think about it, th this rest, we have ceased from our works, as you say. We've rested from our works. That couldn't happen under the Old Covenant because, again, the Old Covenant was performance-based. It was based upon your performance. It was based not upon you resting, but upon you doing and making sure that you do it right. The New Covenant, we enter into rest. And so that is such a wonderful thing. And speaking of the Sabbath, you know, there's a lot of... There are people who say, okay, we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments, and yet... They don't do this Sabbath thing. Like you were saying, Cap, if people were really going to keep the Sabbath, as the Bible says, as the, as the law actually said, they're not really keeping that. And so, all right, we're just going to keep the nine commandments. We're just going to keep nine of them. And then, and then again, in doing so, they're missing all the other 600 and some commandments. But the thing is, in all of this, is that people who who talk about us grace people and say that well, you're just picking and choosing which scriptures you want to you wanna follow, uh, because we're supposed to follow the Word. We're supposed to follow the Word of God. Everything that's in there, we're supposed to follow, and you're just picking and choosing which ones you want to follow. And so I just, I say to people like that, you think that you are following the law, but if you would read all through Leviticus, read all through Deuteronomy, read all through all of these laws that you say that we're supposed to be under— you are picking and choosing which ones you want to keep because there are laws that say that we that we should eat fish but other life that's in the water that doesn't have scales and fins we're not supposed to eat those so lobsters we're not supposed to eat lobster we're not supposed to eat uh, other certain creatures from the sea that we do eat these days men are not supposed to disfigure the sides of their face they're not supposed to shave the sides of their face uh, we're not supposed to wear clothes of mixed linen we're not supposed to sow more than one type of seed in a field. There are so many. The list goes on and on and on. If you're going to tell me that we're under the law, that we need to, as Christians, follow this new covenant law, uh, follow the old covenant law in the new covenant, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you're missing, too. And so the point is how beautiful it is that all of that had its purpose. Had it, had a, There was a reason for that. But now we've entered into the new, and we can rest from having to deal with all of that stuff. Yeah, Jesus is our guarantee of a better covenant, and something you pointed out last week in Galatians, Joel, that if, if you're going to try and keep any part or aspect of the law, you are obligated 
to keep all of the law. You cannot pick and choose. It's not a, a package that can be broken up. It's one unit. All of those laws together, the first 10 and then the rest of the, uh, the laws that you were referring to, 600-plus laws, all go together. You can't separate them out and pick and choose which ones you want to obey. So it's not a matter of us trying to pick and choose which scriptures we're going to believe or adhere to. Uh, it's just this is such an important subject to understand the big picture here of what the Old Covenant was, much of what the Old Testament was, versus the New. And boy, I'm looking forward to talking more about this, Joel, because there are some real eye-opening things that we haven't even gotten to yet, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Some of the things that we might be talking about um, next week, or depending on how long uh, we go with this, uh, just the whole thing about the Old Covenant being uh, a matter of copies and shadows, that is going to be some interesting stuff. Uh, And then just the whole uh, idea of the things that the law could not do that was accomplished solely with, with Christ. So many wonderful things yet ahead of us here on Growing in Grace as we, uh, as you say, look at the big picture of what the Old Covenant was and uh, compare that with the big picture of what the New Covenant is. And I think we uh, will try to rightly divide these things some more next week. All right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.